Sure, thanks, Mel. Uh, against all odds, th this series, really what we're wanting to do here is, is we're uh, plugging into hope. Hope is one of the most powerful forces in the universe. Uh, the, the biblical definition of hope is very different from our Western definition. We, we look at hope like a wish. A wish. Uh, or is that how, or hope that happens, it's like I wish that would happen, but the biblical definition is actually talking about a confident expectation. When, when the Bible talks about a hope, it's not talking about a, uh, it's, not, it's, it's talking about uh, something that will come to pass. It's talking about a person believing that something will come to pass. Um, it's more akin to faith than wish. Hope and faith uh, are power twins. Uh, it actually, the scripture actually says that faith springs from hope. And, and so what I want us to be able to do is operate in a realm of permanent hope where we are constantly living in a place where hope is driving us. As I love there's a place in the Bible where it talks to us about saying we need to be prisoners of hope that we're actually supposed to be captured by it, unable to escape from it. And I, um, it's not always easy to be a prisoner of hope, and I want to get into that this morning, but let me pray. Lord, I thank you that you give us a hope, Lord, that you say that you uh, have a hope for our lives, God, that you don't leave us as orphans, God, but you come to us. You call us to yourself. You call us your own. Lord, we trust you with our lives our outcomes to your hand and because of that God we have hope of a positive outcome we have a an expectation of a positive outcome in Jesus name amen last week Melissa spoke uh, about the uh, about and she started with this story of these two guys walking along the road to Emmaus and, and Jesus popped up alongside him and she just unpacked it so beautifully but really just dealt with the fact that these guys were at a point of despair. They had this expectation. They were operating in a place of hope but then all of a sudden some trials happened, albeit massive, Jesus was crucified, it, but, but something happened and the hope was derailed. They left their hope and the, and the scripture says that they were walking away from Jerusalem, they were walking in the wrong direction. They left their mates. They were they were gone, and and, and she just beautifully unpacked the story and used it as and to help us to to ignite hope. But I just want to read uh, a, a key the, a key passage here and, and work from it. So Jesus met them, he, and he says they, he's like, basically, guys, what's up? What's wrong? And, and um, they're like, don't you know anything? This has happened. And Jesus, we thought he was the one. Now he's dead, and now it's all over. And then Jesus just meets him at that place and he said to them, uh, Luke 24, 25. I love Luke chapter 24, verse 25 and 26. It's like, I like sequential numbers. <laughs> Whatever. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe the, uh, all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? He's like... Guys, you're stupid. That's what foolish means. Like, sometimes I think we're more holy than the Bible. <laughs> He's like, like, guys, don't you get anything? He said, this had to happen. What are you worried about? What's your problem? It's just because you've gone backwards. You've let go of your hope. 
Like, don't you get anything? He says, don't you understand that, that I had to die? Don't you understand that the Messiah had to go back? Don't you understand that the trajectory wasn't supposed to be a constant upward angle? That for it to actually accelerate, for it to actually take the trajectory it was supposed to uh, ultimately take, there needed to be a backward step. He's like, don't you get that? <laughs> like, I'm with these guys, man. I would have been, um, Jesus dead, bad. <laughs> like, and he's like, no. And, and, and we're at this place where I think we so easily operate in the, in the same realm as these two guys. And, not, and they weren't isolated. Everybody, all of the disciples thought the same thing. There wasn't this massive party. Yeah, Jesus is dead. Things are going to be awesome. He's going to be resurrected. The Holy Spirit's going to come. And, and life's going to be amazing. Go across the whole world. Yeah. Like, no, that wasn't the case. This was like, these guys were hidden in locked rooms. The ones that hadn't left. This was just two that had left. Imagine there were others that had left in other directions. And the, center, the, the core group were locked in a room, afraid that they were next. Uh, and so it's like, this, this, this <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I, at some point, tend to join these guys. Now, I'm a positive person. Mel just gets annoyed at me. She's like, no, you're like, enough of that, just some reality. No, no, like, okay, enough, I know what it's, just, just be real. And, and, and that's me, but there comes a point where I will give up. I will give up. And, and I actually let go and, and hope is gone. And, and for these guys, everything seemed to be over. The dream was done. There was nothing left to stand on. There was no point in keeping hope anymore. But Jesus said, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? In, Ch in John chapter 12 and verse 24, uh, Jesus said this, Very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. We have to get comfortable with the notion that a walk with God is not an, a, a smooth upward uh, trajectory. We, we've, got, we've got to just settle that in, in our hearts now. If you want to have a life in God that is anywhere remotely close to comfortable, and people say, well, the Christian life's not supposed to be comfortable. Well, the Holy Spirit's called our comforter, so I expect there's supposed to be a certain level of comfort in it. If we're supposed to, if we want to walk this life well, we need to get used to God's methods. And it says here that unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it produces no fruit and remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. This life with God has what looks to be backward steps, what looks to be death in our lives. And if we are going to operate and maintain an attitude of hope, we need to settle this. We need to get okay with that. Personally, I'm not okay with that. That's a dumb idea. Like, why did Jesus have to go to the cross? <laughs> That's stupid. He's going well next, you know. <laughs> but, but God, he's different to you and me. He doesn't operate on the same plane as we operate on. 
He requires the supernatural. He requires faith. He requires it. For it to work, it has to be by faith. We, we sang a, a beautiful song before where, where it says, Jesus uh, is my reward. And that really comes from that past, that, that line really comes from uh, in Genesis, there's this guy, uh, Abraham. And he, he's a very well to do guy, but he goes and uh, he, he gets in a, he, he's got his own personal standing army. He goes, whips a whole bunch of kings. And long story short, he takes a massive amount of plunder, returns it to the kings that, that it was taken from. And the king said, hey, you have it all. Now you've got to understand this was four kings, four nations worth of plunder. And they were saying, have it all. And Abraham said, Abram at the time, he's, he says, no. I won't have any man saying that he made me rich. And he said, no, I won't take it. The very next verse, is Scripture says that God met Abraham right after he's just turned down all of this stuff from the hand of a man. And let's not get weird here. Abraham at different times took things from the hand of other men. But in this particular circumstance, he didn't take it. And that was the reason. But, but God said to him, he said, I am your great reward. I am your shield and your great reward. What he's saying is like, we need to be comfortable knowing that nobody else can say they supplied me except God. Nothing, we need to be able to live where that is our reality, where that is our testimony. Where, no, where, where if it hadn't have been for God, I could not be here, but by the grace of God. And God's saying, I require you to operate in that place. I require it. It has to be faith. Otherwise... You will go around saying that I did it for myself, that I made myself rich, that I healed myself. It was my great diet, my discipline and my this and the way I treat my wife and the way I raise my kids and I don't let them a certain amount. Of, and it's just, it's like, hey, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains a single grain. And we're at this place where God's saying, hey, I want you, we, you need to get comfortable with the fact that death is a required step in forward. <laughs> like some of us will be like, you know, you, you, you cry of your heart. You want to get married. You want to have kids. You want a family. You want, you want all that. You look at other people and they're married and they're perfectly happy. And there's, it's like there's loads of dramas in being married. Like, well, you're single. Enjoy bits of it. Like, I'm not saying marriage is bad, but being single has got its qualities as well. Just saying. No, you don't. Get <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It, it's... Every, every, there's grass is always greener on the other side is what I'm saying. But what I'm getting at is there are goals on the other side and people want them. People want them. But it's like, and then, and then you can get it for yourself. Hey, well, I know that girl's not really walking, serving God, or that girl's not a Christian, but she's good and she doesn't mind if I go to church. Or he's not a Christian, he's not serving God, but I can get him to church. He'll come for me. And it's like you're making the decision, what, am I going to compromise to get what I want? Or am I going to let go and say, you know what, if it doesn't come from the hand of God, I don't want it. In James, it says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, which means if it's not from Him, it's not good. And we've got to get comfortable with the place where, it's, where we're like, you know what, I'm not scared to go backwards. I'm not, if God's calling me to it, I'm not scared of it. I, I, I'm not, and in my case, I'm not going to resist it. I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to argue against it. I'm not going to rebel against it. I'm not going to push against it. 
for some of us, it's like you've got a dream of a, an outcome. Or for some, it might be, this is probably a big, a big one. And we've got loved ones in our family and we're believing for them to be restored. We're believing for them to get uh, set free from drug addiction, set free from alcohol addiction, set free from bad relationships, set free from mental illness, come and serve God. We read the scripture where it says your children will be mighty in the land. We know that's God's plan. We know that's God's plan for your kids. You're praying or your brother or your sister. We're praying and believing, but then things got worse. Where's God? Where's God? Where's my hope? The odds are stacked against us. This is now, it was already bad, now it's worse. It's like, will we hang on to the hope that against all odds, that person will turn? And having operated in that realm for quite a while, serving people in that, in that sphere, can I tell you that backwards is awesome. Closer to rock bottom, man. Unless they hit rock bottom, they will not turn around. Rock bottom is good. That's when they put their hand up and ask for help. For me, I remember God promising me that I would preach the gospel to the nations. I remember when I was a new Christian, I read a scripture in the Bible and it came alive and God just imprinted it on my heart and I knew this is what I was born for. And I thought, I'm going to go to Bible college and go, all of this stuff. And, and then God said, no, I want you to work at a rehab. You know, it was a Christian rehab, so at least I could see some sort of loose connection to my destiny. And I'm like, okay, cool, let's go stay here. And then God's like, yeah, I want you to work in a warehouse. And now I'm seeing no connection. I'm like, <laughs> I got nothing. And then this went on for like two years. And I'm like, okay. And then I wrestled with it. I'm like, okay, God, I'm here and I'm, like, and I'm just, and I'm fighting it and I'm fighting it and I'm fighting it. And then one day I said, you know what? If I'm going to work in a, re- in, a, in a warehouse, I'm going to be the best storeman there is. Just, and then that's it. Let go. Let it die. Three days later, I got a phone call coming to ask to pastor this church. Two years, three days. <laughs> what I'm getting at is there's a point where we've got to get comfortable with the fact that when we die, when things happen, we've got to trust that God's got it in, in, in control, that God has got it in hand. Now, I'm a prisoner of hope. I'm one of these people that, and it's, and I, and it's not easy. I'm just watching that clock because it, we're having dramas. Oh, there we go. I thought we were doing better than I was. I'm one of those people that, like, if, I, if the word says something, if God says something to me, then I'm going to hang on to it and I'm good. Like, and no matter what happens, I, I'm standing on it. And, and I'll keep the dream alive in my heart. But it's, it can be very painful. It can be really painful hanging on to a dream, believing a promise over your life when everything is going the opposite direction, where it might be at a point where we could actually just say, I must have got it wrong. This promise doesn't apply to me. And let go and settle. There's that point where the odds are too far gone and we are tempted to give up hope. I remember when I was young, I, as a young guy, I just suffered so much disappointment. My, um, my dreams were taken from me. My family was d- d- just fell apart through no fault of mine. Things outside of my control just totally derailed my life and, and, and to be really fair, broke my heart. 
And I, I remember distinctly making a, a commitment to myself that I was never going to hope again, that I was never going to dream again. And I, I remember making that promise. I remember thinking, I'm never going to be disappointed again. I'm never going to get let down again. I'm, I'm never going to put my hope in anything or anybody again, and that way I can't get hurt. And what had happened was I let go of my hope. I let go of hope. And initially we, we feel it's safer because how much worse could it be than what I'm currently experiencing? I can't keep doing this. If this keeps happening, I, I, I can't take it. And God's calling us to live in a realm where no matter what the pain we're experiencing, we do not let go of hope. He's saying, hope is your way out. Hope is your way out. See, we've got, we're not gardening people. Like, just, you got no idea. But we, we, we've recently tried, like, we had holidays and we're like, right, Mel's like, Jacob, this yard's getting in shape. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Went to Bunnings and... Anyway, we got, and it's looking good. But earlier, before this like, little gardening revival, we, my, my daughter had some flowers or something or other, and she wanted to plant them, and they put the seed in the ground, and we started to water them. It was right before we went on holidays. I'm like, this is just going to kill these things. But she wanted it, and I'm like, oh, I don't have the... You know, you want it, whatever. She wants it, she gets it. No. In this case, it was like... But what happened was those seeds were in the ground. They were watered for a point and then it stopped. And, and, and what, what would have happened with these seeds is they've gone in the ground. They've taken that backward step that life throws at everybody and everything. It's a necessary part. It happened. And water was put on them, which is necessary. Faith, believing, working, acting accordingly. But then it stopped. And the potential that was in these seeds is just gone. It's, it's gone. They will not sprout. Short of a resurrection, these things are gone. And the, we all have the propensity to let go of the seeds that are inside of us. We think these things have been buried and dead. They're not. They've been planted and are germinating. We can't let go of them. I reckon there are going to be a lot of people come heaven that have got seeds that are stillborn inside of them. We're going to be held to account for the things that God gave you you were required to be fruitful with them. To, uh, I believe in God's heart, in God's mind, this is the most serious thing in his requirements of people. We read this story where Jesus was likening heaven and God to a leader and a ruler and us as as servants of God, of this leader. And it says that the, 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 the ruler entrusted his people, three people with certain quantities of resources. 
seed, if you like, dreams. Actually, says talents is the scripture. It's where we get our English word talent from. It's, it's talking about in a weight of gold. And it says two were fruitful, and, and the master was thrilled with them. But one of them wasn't. And we actually hear one of the, mo- the, the most harsh corrections in Scripture. She wicked, lazy servant. Wicked, lazy servant. And this guy was classed as wicked and lazy because he was entrusted with, a, with, with something, with potential. He was entrusted with potential. And he gave it back to the master with, with nothing. No, he, he just, he, the day came where he just handed it back. He made no effort to turn that potential into many seeds, to multiply it. And God puts dreams in our heart, and these things are, He's calling for multiplication. He's calling for multiplication. He's calling for this dream to be birthed in you. He's chosen you to birth this dream, He's chosen you for it. And, and I love, let me say, there's no condemnation. And we are under grace, but we will be held accountable for the things that God's given us. The dreams that God's put in your heart, they're so powerful. God, inside of that dream, inside of that word, inside of that promise, is literally the fuel of heaven. Literally the fuel of heaven. God says, I will get behind my word. It says that, uh, that his word is his power. When God's given us a promise and it go, we go backwards and it seems terrible, the odds are absolutely stacked against it. It's done. But we're still there holding on. We're still there holding on. Mel spoke last week and my mum, she was waiting, I think it was like 24 years for her sons to come out of addiction. 24 years. That's a long time. But can I tell you that one day it happened? It became a day. These guys had walked away from Jerusalem. Had walked away. And Jesus said, How foolish you are and how slow to believe. <laughs> how stupid and slow you are. That's Jesus, man. Meek and mild, lovely Jesus. Like, you stupid slowy. Like, like what? But this is what he's saying to these guys. He's saying, hey, when a seed goes into the ground, what do you expect to happen? And he's like, don't you recognize that these things that are dying are seeds? Don't you recognize that? If it came from me, if it came from my hand, it's good. If it came from my hand, it's for you. If it goes into the ground, awesome that's great (laughs) let let me read in romans chapter 5 verse 2 let's start halfway through verse 2 it says and we boast in the hope of the glory of god not only so but we also glory in our suffering that word boast and glory they're the same way they're talking about celebration we celebrate in the hope of the glory of god not only so but we also celebrate in our suffering Because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. 
He's saying like celebrate in your hard times because they produce hope. You're starting to feel like you're losing hope. You're starting to feel like the dream's dying, where the, the dream's gone. It says celebrate. And it says what will happen is hope will spring. Hope will spring up. Hope will spring up. This against all odds lifestyle requires we adjust our reality. It says, by faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice, who had embraced the promise, was about to sacrifice his one and only son. Even though God had said to him, even though God had given him a promise, even though God had given him a hope, it is through Isaac your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. <laughs> Abraham had changed his logic. His logic was, God said it, it's happening, it's going to happen. And what? Die? So what he's basically this guy, the promise was that through this son Isaac, he was going to have kids and that have kids and just this amazing nation was going to come from this one kid. When I say kid, he was actually like 30 years old at the time. 30, they reckon he was like, you know, early 30s. And, 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 and so it was a massive journey for already for this kid to be born. For those that don't know the story of Abraham, man, you've got to read that. And it was, it, was, it was against all odds the child was born in the first place. Now God says, kill him. And, and I'm no con, not condoning child sacrifice or human sacrifice in any way, shape or form, disclaimer. <laughs> but he said, but he, in his mind was like, well, okay. I know that the promise has to come through this child, through this man, through this person. But now God's saying, bury him? Okay. My logic is, is that it's got to come through him. If he dies, God's going to raise him from the dead. So when God calls us to lay down our dream, when we're seeing our dream go, when I see, we're seeing our dream buried, our logic needs to shift. It needs to shift. It needs to get to that point where it's like, no, I think buried things come back to life. I, I'm not stupid or slow. I know what my Bible says. That he had to die. He had to die. My dream had to die. It has to get buried. When they're going backwards, that's a good thing. And my favorite passage for the, probably the last little while is Hebrews 11, 11. It's now dealing with Abraham's wife, Abraham's wife. And it says, now, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. It says, because she considered him faithful who had made the promise, she was able the actual trigger was that she considered him faithful who made the promise. And when God's put a promise in your heart, the circumstances actually don't matter. They don't matter. The question, what matters is, do you consider him faithful who made the promise? Do you consider him faithful who made the promise? And we've got to look at some of these dreams that God's put in our heart. Some of us is a child. Some of it's a, it's a husband. Some of it's a wife. Some of it's to be able to provide for our family. Some of it's just to achieve these amazing things that God's... We, we know God's called us to do. And then things have gone backwards. You're working in a warehouse, a dusty old warehouse. You're watching your kid messed up on drugs. You're watching your marriage go down the tube. You're watching your business fail. You're, you're watching things just going so far from the direction that you know you are called. We've got to get back to that place where because we consider Him faithful, we have hope. We have a confident expectation of a positive outcome because He is faithful. 
Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you guys. Lord, I thank you that you have called each and every person here to be blessed, Lord. That you've called each and every person here as your child. You've called each and every person here to, make an inf- to be an influence on the world. You say that, uh, that through us, the whole world, every family on earth will be blessed. Lord, we say we will answer that call. We will answer that call. Lord, we address the personal promises that you've given us, the personal desires of our heart that we know are in line with your word. And we say we won't let go, God. We say we will not be stupid or slow, but we will hold on to your word because you said it. Because it was you who said it, we will hold on. Holy Spirit, we just breathe on them right now. Just breathe on those promises right now. I declare that we reason that God could even raise the dead. So we we speak to these dreams, Lord. Some of us have let go a long time ago. Some of us have made those secret covenants that we will never again be let down. We will never again be disappointed. We'll never again be hurt by anybody. We just renounce them. And we say, God, today I dare to dream again. Today, I open the door for hope in my heart. Lord, that we won't be people who on that day or when we're asked to give an account for what you've trusted us with, that we'll be able to show you fruit, Lord. We'll be able to show you increase, God. We'll be able to show you uh, the fruit of, 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 of the, the, what you put in us, Lord God. And we would hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Dad, you're so faithful. No matter what we're facing, Lord, we declare that we trust you because it was you who said. Hallelujah. Just while we're in this attitude of prayer, I just want to give anybody here that, that, that has never made Jesus the Lord of their life and anyone that's joining us uh, online or uh, listening to recording here, that it's just, this is your chance to let God in. Just... I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm just going to ask that everybody repeat it after me. And if you're praying this for the first time, I just, just mean it with all of your heart. This prayer is, is, is called a prayer of salvation. That means a prayer of, of starting again, of total healing. All right, church, just repeat after me. Dear God, I choose to come home. Please come inside of me. Live inside me. Make your home with me. Wash me clean. Forgive me of all my sin. Today, I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen.